welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of STL Soccer Report. This is Phil as usual and I have an interview coming at you from... I interviewed Pat Berry uh, the other day on Friday. uh, Mostly in response to all the NASL news, but... I couldn't talk to him without also talking about the season so far. So you get a lot of just upfront information. Uh, Pat doesn't hide anything really at all. Um, I ask a few hard questions, nothing too deep or secretive or anything like that. Uh, but my favorite thing about this interview is just how forefront he is and, and forthcoming with with statements and, and facts You know of, of how he would feel in certain situations, how he would feel... Um, how he thinks other owners would would respond to other clubs joining USL from NASL, were that to even be a possibility. Uh, Just that kind of stuff. So definitely hang in to the end of that interview. We talk a lot about NASL. And, you know, he's very uh, forthcoming about um, how bad the team's been doing this season as well. Um, some some thoughts about how people have responded to maybe blaming the front office, blaming the GM, uh, blaming the coach, obviously. So um, if you listen carefully, you catch a few little hints in there. Um, if they're hints, they may not be, uh, but at least you get an idea of where he stands in the whole process and what's going on. Um, no secret of information again, just so you know, there's nothing crazy that's going to come here, but, um, it is all just really good stuff to hear to kind of base your opinions on a little better, uh, information that, um, will help us have better opinions because I, I feel like there are a lot of people saying there are rumors out there about these kind of statements we're hearing from Pat. We hear a lot of people saying they don't even get their information from anywhere. I think maybe these Twitter people are just throwing it out there as possibilities. But this is a president of a USL team club um, telling us exactly certain things. So listen in for that. I'm talking too much about it, but I really enjoyed this conversation and, and how forthcoming he was with all the information he gave. So enjoy this interview with President Pat Berry of St. Louis FC. All right, Pat Berry was nice enough to let me come a short notice. I asked him if he would talk about something, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And, and here we are a couple hours later in his office um, on some comfy couches. This is nice. Uh, Pat, thanks for joining me today. And um, let's just kick off. We're sharing one mic, so I'm just going to get this out of the way. Um, to, let's talk about the season so far. Get us started with that. Yeah, I think the, the season, obviously, on the field has not gone as expected or planned. Um, it's not from a lack of effort uh, or commitment from the staff or the players. But it just hasn't gone well. So our expectations are higher. We want better. And, and I'm really hoping and, and have uh, a high level of confidence that these last games with our opportunity to get in the playoffs are going to get it done. Definitely. And that's what we're all hoping for. Let's talk about all the difficulties that have led us to this point. You know, losses are losses, but it's not like it's been a smooth ride along the way all around for the team. It's been an interesting year for sure. I think there's a lot of things that we could point to to say that there's there's reasons why maybe the performance on the field isn't where we want it, but they would just be excuses. We, we've had a flood, obviously, was, was not something that we wanted. It is very disruptive. 
Um, we've had a lot of injuries. Um, we had a, a basically a brand new team with a new coach. Um, so all those things, if you add them all up, yeah, it's been a little bit difficult, but uh, those are just excuses. We, we, we have a team that should be doing better on the field and should have more wins. It's not too late. They can still turn it around. That's what we're focusing on. Uh, but make no mistake, this is, this is not where we thought we would be. Well, yeah, before we do the next question, what are you focusing on specifically? What are the things that the team has been looking at? Even not specifically, what are they trying to do to turn this around at this point? That's a really interesting question, something that uh, we've talked a lot about. And, and look, these are these are my thoughts. These aren't the coach's thoughts. And, and he's got to handle it in the way that he sees best to get the results we need. Uh, to me, I think we're at a point in the season where you kind of just have to let the players play. Uh, a lot of the teaching is done. A lot of the preparation is, is not done. But um, this, we're at a point in the season where they just need to go out and get results. And, and I think they've been hearing from the coaches all, all year long. So there's not much that's going to be new. Um, they just need to be physically in a place that they can play and perform uh, and hopefully mentally in a place where they're starting to gain some confidence and momentum. So that's my thought. Uh, you know, Precky or, or Tim Leonard or Matt Caution might give you a slightly different answer. But, um, you know, I know that and, and this has been said, and if you don't come here every day, you don't see it. This group has no quit in it. They have never once uh, that I've seen uh, not given their best effort and they work so hard. Uh, the results right now just haven't haven't represented that. Yeah, we've talked about that. We see it on their faces. You know, it's not like people are giving up. Um, we see how disappointed they are and how hard it is for them to come over after a loss to that corner there. Um, let's talk about what the team has done in the front office, the coaching staff. Um, you know, that trade deadline came up, and, and I talked to Jeremy about going after guys that were currently at the, the Gold Cup. You know, so that's the level of guys we were looking into bring in at the trade deadline. Um, and a couple have come in and looked extremely good. So can you talk about that as possibly a positive benefit um, in midseason here? Yeah, I think this year, probably more than other seasons, I've been I've been really pleased with the changes that we've made. It's not in soccer; it's different. And I've talked about this before in other places. It's not like baseball or hockey where um, the players are just as available as they are. Soccer; it's different. Uh, everything's got to line up. So to get a player from another existing team is just not easy. Usually, if somebody's available, there's a reason they're available, right? Uh, because that team doesn't want them. But you can look internationally. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it. You, you're only allowed so many international players. So do you even have room? Do you have to move one out to create room? So it's really it's kind of a lot more complicated than other sports. But this year, I feel like uh, Jeremy's done a good job. I think that, that he's brought on some guys that, that have made an impact and, and made us better. I think within a couple of months, we saw some pretty glaring holes that we didn't expect. And we were able to fill some of those, not all of them, but fill some of them. And so I think that we've done pretty well. Um, there, you can obviously do more, um, but we've done all right. Um, I think it was a good good process for us to go through. I think now we know that we can do better at this time of the year. Um, oftentimes teams will hold back some of their player budget, knowing that some guys are going to be available. We did that this year and it worked out. So um, it's it's kind of a chess game, honestly. And, and, and I feel I feel pretty decent about it. I think probably if, if, if I look back, um, you know, the group we started with, we probably needed a different group to start so that there weren't so many holes to fill in the middle of the season. But um, that is what it is. There's nothing we can do about that. So I, th I think that, that Jeremy uh, pivoted uh, and did about as much as he could do to fix it. Now, when you say glaring holes and the team we started with, um, not specifically, but what were some of those things? Was that mostly because you were holding back money and just in case so you didn't go spend a ton on the first team or just certain guys you thought would fill multiple roles didn't quite fill certain aspects? 
like I said, nothing specific, but sure. Yeah. I, I just think, I think that the, the players that were selected and, 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 and Precky and Jeremy worked together on it, but, but this is Precky's team. I mean, he's the head coach. He's got to make those decisions. So, um, you know, I think that as designed and as selected, it just didn't work out. And that happens. That's not unique to St. Louis. And so, but I think in our situation, when you combine the, uh, that it didn't quite work out like we thought, uh, we probably needed to be more athletic than we are. Um, and then you had the injuries in, it just was a combination that wasn't very good. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of lessons were learned. Um, but it, at the end of the day, you can bring in a great group of players, and sometimes they all have bad seasons at once. I don't know that that's the case here, but sometimes players just don't work out, and they don't work out for a variety of reasons. But uh, for us, I think it is trending in the right direction. You see guys like Ryan Howe, who started off and was just a first-year pro, and now he's uh, making a major contribution. So I feel I feel like some of these guys are really headed in the right direction. We just need to get them all going in the right direction pretty soon here. So at the very least, we've figured out some some base building blocks and things to improve on. And, and like we said, the uh, um, the new additions really helped a lot. Um, so that's it's all very good to hear, especially semi specifics like that. I think helped me as a fan to kind of catch on to that. Um, let's talk about um, blame. I mean, let's just get it out in the open. You know, the Luligans put up that that um, what was it like a, a voting poll about who do you blame and of course non-scientific they didn't put any emphasis on that but it was there of course the front office the GM the coach I saw the end but I don't even remember who was blaming who or what but if you were to break it down you are part of the front office and so let's let's talk about that what would you say to the people that are saying man front office isn't getting it done Um, what would be your response to that my response would be is that we're we're all in this together. So even if I thought that uh, the front office did uh, an A-plus job and the players were just miserably failing, it's all of us. And so, um, you know, I, I don't have any issue with that. That's part that comes with the territory for being in sports. Um, I know because I get to be here every day and see it, I know the quality of people we have. Um, you know, sometimes in sports you, you've got really good people, but the results don't, don't represent that very well. Um, but having said that, uh, this you know we have to create a winning culture and a winning mentality in this organization, and and I think that we've made we've made some strides with that this year, but clearly not enough. And so, no one is going to be harder on guys like Jeremy and myself and the rest of our staff than we are. Um, so well, certainly our feelings aren't hurt. That would never happen. Um, I love that the fans care, and that if, if some of them think that it's on the front office, then that's going to motivate us to do better. I like it. And um, you could tell there was frustration midseason. I think we lost a game at home. I want to say the Riverhounds. I'm not sure which one it was. But you and uh, Jim Cavanaugh put out the tweet saying this is unacceptable. And so, um, I, you know, immediately my thought was, man, these guys must be frustrated. Um, they must be stressed. So what was going through your mind when that happened? That's a really good question because I got a lot of feedback on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, which is which is fine. Um, you know, sometimes um, the way I view my role is that I don't weigh in oftentimes on that kind of stuff. Um, I, I let Precky and Jeremy and, and the team do their job. I don't interfere. But there comes a time when I think our, our fans and the public need to know that um, certain things, whether it's positive or negative, and at that moment, or not at that moment, at that point in the season, um, I thought people needed to hear that this is not okay. Um, I think I did something similar actually uh, the previous season when uh, when the team was really in a bad spot and we were we were watching the playoffs fade away. So um, I don't do it for impact. I do it so that people 
Um, I certainly, I don't think the players care that I sent that out, but, um, so the fans know, and, 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 and unfortunately, because we haven't had the kind of season we've wanted yet, I feel like we need to keep reminding people that this, this does matter and we are going to find a way to win. Um, and it is unacceptable. We're, we're, we're investing far too much, whether it's on the player side, the facility side to be less than average, because we're not less than average at anything else that we do. So, um, you know, again, it's never been about work ethic. It's never been about commitment, it, but this is a results business, and, and, and the message there was it's time to get results. Um, what do you hope to see for the rest of the year? Obviously, the goal is still to make the playoffs. There was a promise of attacking soccer. I'd say, if, if I were to answer that, that the team is attacking for sure. Definitely different than last year, to say the least. Um, but, you know, what's the response to um, the rest of the year and, and what the plan is? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think you're probably being a little bit nicer about the attacking thing than I would be. And and look, I I, I talk about this with Precky and Jeremy, and it's just, you know, we can all debate and we have different opinions. That's the great part about the game. I, I don't think we're as attacking as we promised. Um, we got Jeremy to got a chance to watch Phoenix and Orange County uh, on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a reminder to me that, you know, we're probably not as attacking as we need to be. But I think that comes down to, um, some things we thought we were going to be able to accomplish with the guys that we got, and then it didn't quite work out. And to me, that's one of them, is that I think we thought we'd be more attacking, and we had more attacking guys than we actually do. But they're adjusting and, and trying to, to find success in a different way. Uh, but I certainly would like to see us attack more consistently. I think there's periods where we do it, and it's, it's quite good. But then, unfortunately, there's long periods where we don't. So that's probably where we need to get a little bit better. Um, the rest of the way... One one focus, and that's making the playoffs, and there's nothing else matters at this point. Um, I do think, and this is going to sound strange because the team's been so up and down this year, I think they're in a good place. Uh, when you see them here at training, they've never gotten too low. They've never gotten too high. I think these guys are – most of them are veterans. They know what's at stake, and I feel like – I feel like they're we're going to get their very best these next three home games for sure. I think they see this as the huge opportunity that it is. I don't know what the results will be. I obviously hope that it's nine points and, and we're looking down on people in the playoff table. But um, I think we're going to get their very best, whatever that is, as far as a push. And, you know, we're hoping and praying that that's enough. Yeah, it would be quite a run uh, to make the playoffs at this point. So, um, again, if they did it, it would be all the more impressive. Let's talk about next year. Uh, the last two tough questions of, of the year is, let's say we don't, let's you know be super negative for a second, saying we don't even come close, you know, three or four more losses in the, in the run here. Um, what do you say to people who are upset with the team? You know, Jeremy's the only one that's been here outside the front office for three years. If people are looking down at him, um, obviously everyone's going to go off on the coach because they always do. So um, if people are, you know, saying get rid of this guy or get rid of that guy, is that something you take into account? Like, how does that work when you're looking at next year, which you said you are talking about next year right now? Um, what do you how does that go for, for the upcoming year? No, that's a really good question. I think we will do what we always do, is, which is we, we assess every year. Whether we're doing well, whether it's on the youth side or the pro side, we're always, we have a very honest assessment process. And so you know, if we don't make the playoffs, that's a failure for us. And I don't, there's not one person in this building that would disagree with that. So I think we'd have to just sit down and, and, and discuss and, and debate and decide, are we on the right track? 
And I think every sports franchise does that. If you're on the right track and you think you've got the right pieces and you make tweaks and small adjustments, you may add people, subtract people, but you keep going. If the answer ultimately would be that we're not on the right track, then you've got much broader scale changes and, and we'd have to look at that. Um, we're, we're not ready to make those assessments. Um, you, we're building a body of work though. So it's, we're certainly headed down a path, um, but, but we don't know yet. And so, um, you know, the, the coaching thing's different because coaches are a little bit more uh, nomadic and, you know, coaches bounce all over. So the coaching assessment is a little bit different. Uh, when it comes to Jeremy, um, I've, I've been in the game for a long time at the professional level, um, and I say this to, to people all the time. Jeremy's one of the best general managers I've ever come across. And so um, Jeremy's not going anywhere if I have anything to do with it. Um, and it, though he shares responsibility for the wins and losses, there's no doubt. Um, he's extremely, extremely good. And, and uh, if there's somebody that I would trust to get it fixed, it's Jeremy. Almost brought me to tears there, Pat. That's good. That's good stuff. Um, let's talk about next year as far as good things and like the planning. You know, I imagine you're doing the the P's and the Q's kind of kind of stuff right now. So, what do we have in store for next year? No matter how the team does. Yeah, a lot of the planning right now is non-team related. Jeremy's obviously doing some behind-the-scenes work, you know, just with players that may or may not become available and that kind of thing. But the stuff we're talking about is, and, and, and I'll be blunt about it, I think that when we first started the franchise, we had a ton of success early. The league has grown and evolved. They've added some high-quality ownership groups and teams. And I think we find ourselves maybe towards the middle of the pack now. So that realization hit us this year, uh, and and now we're we're taking steps to remedy that. And so uh, that was part of the trip to Phoenix, honestly, was to to do some research there, learn what they're doing, and just gather as much information, not just from them, but from as many teams that we view as successful. So um, there's nothing specific yet, but I would say that we're going to have a different look and feel in everything that we do next year. Um, we have to raise our game a little bit, and we're ready to do that, whether it's through investment financially or just a mentality about how we're going to grow and build this franchise. I'm going to take that to mean that if we're going to be like Phoenix, you're going to get Nelly in the ownership group and you're going to get next Premier League superstar to come uh, own and play at the same time. <laughs> I, I can't promise any of that. I don't know that we're going to try and replicate that blueprint, but uh, they are doing some really cool things out there. And, and their stadium is uh, for the modular style stadium. I was really, really impressed. And they've got a really sharp staff out there. So learned a lot. Uh, some of it will apply here. We'll take it back. But no, I think next year, um, we, we've got some really good ideas, and, and I think that you'll see it'll just be a different feel for this franchise next year. Very good stuff. Let's talk about what I wanted to kind of nerd out about today. Uh, and um, you're going to be a little limited with what you can say, um, obviously, but to get a little bit of inside scoop about the NASL, the announcement, or not the announcement, the breaking story really is what happened. I don't know if they wanted the news to come out this soon, but that NASL um, will not have official Division Two sanctioning as of right now, at least. Um, can you tell me, obviously, you probably knew about this a long time ago, I hope, um, maybe not, but um, how did this news strike you and, and, and how does it affect you? Two, I think two very different answers. So how does it affect us? I would say short term, it doesn't really. Um, our league is is substantial, has critical mass, and, and, and does a great job. So for us, we'll finish this year. The league's already been planning for next year. That's what our mid-year meetings were about, really. So not much of an impact. Other than, obviously, if, if the NASL uh, does not return um, or returns at a lower level, uh, then obviously there could be teams coming over. That would impact. Do we go to a central conference earlier? Those kinds of things. And those are decisions that the league will make. Um, how does it strike me? 
Um, this probably won't be popular, but uh, especially if, I guess if you're a diehard NASL fan, but um, regardless of what the letters of the league are, there needs to be one division two league in my opinion. And there's gonna be a lot of people who disagree with that. And I respect that, but to, to really push the game where it needs to go, in my opinion, you can't have so many factions and, and segments and people that are trying to do similar things, but doing it in different ways and creating confusion in the market. There needs to be one division one league, one division two league, and you maybe could have multiple division three leagues because it's kind of a different different animal there. But um, I'm I'm not happy about it. I hate to see anybody invest uh, and spend their their life's work and then have it go down the drain. But I'm hoping that um, they can find another solution, whether it's our league or another league. Um, but I do think it's probably the right thing for soccer. And and look, if it was the NASL surviving and we all needed to go to the NASL, I, I'm okay with that too. I don't care what our call letters are, with the exception of. Um, it needs to have good leadership, and I do think the USL has really strong leadership and a strong vision. Yeah, we've seen USL grow just leaps and bounds in this last several years, so um, big props to Edwards and, and what he's done for sure, and all the staff, I imagine, and all the owners, and that's kind of what else I wanted to ask about is, obviously, you know, lots of owners around the league. Um, there's possibility of these guys coming into USL, the USL fold, and CFC might be one of those, uh, if rumors are true. Um, but you know, what do we do with the the groups that we're not sure if they would be willing to accept them? I've heard weird things about the Cosmos. Um, obviously, fans look at Indy Eleven and say, "Man, it'd be so cool to go there and play these guys." Um, and so, is there negative feedback to all of NASL joining from the owners? Um, and what would that look like if it was negative? Because we don't know. No, those are really good questions. I I don't think. I, my guess is the other owners of the USL would share my comment about having one league make sense. Um, I think the the only danger that that we've discussed, and, and and I don't think it's a secret, is that you only want to bring people into your partnership, which is what we have at the USL. We're essentially all partners. Is you you want people who think similarly, um, have the same goals in mind, and aren't going to be um, distracting from your purpose, and so. I think the great majority of the NASL teams probably fit that mold. I don't know them very well, but my guess is they do. You mentioned Indy 11 in North Carolina. My, my guess is everything I've read is that, that they're of similar thinking. You know, there may be teams that, that the, the, either the ownership or the leadership or whatever it is are just um, on a different page, and that's what you got to be worried about because you don't want to upset the apple cart in the USL by bringing somebody in who's just going to disrupt what we're trying to do because it has been very aligned and everybody's been unified in what we're trying to do. So to me, that's the only negative, but I also think that the group is so strong that if somebody came in with a different agenda, I just I, I, I don't think it would last very long. I think they'd have to come around and, and, and join in the effort. So it doesn't worry me at all, and I haven't heard a ton of, of concerns. Um, so I think in general people would welcome it, but as long as it's on the right terms and, and with the right purpose. That makes sense. I think the only negative I was hearing things about was perhaps when, you know, say say the Deltas didn't fail this year or they just barely finished and, and they wanted to come into the USL with no expansion fees uh, where they otherwise might have failed. And so they're just looking to get a free ride over. I heard that maybe that could be something people would be upset about. Um, but as far as blanketing, like just money being the only reason you don't hear owners saying, well, I don't want my money to be devalued because of so-and-so and them getting a free ride. And you're not hearing that kind of thing. No, I'm not hearing that. It doesn't mean that there aren't people who feel that way. Here's, here's how I would view it. You know, we paid a certain price to join the USL back in 2014. Um, and, and if they have to, for the better of the game, allow teams to come in 
at a different rate, a lower rate, whatever that may be, that would never be a concern of mine because I think having one strong Division II league is going to help our franchise value. So that's what I would be concerned with. Those are decisions the league makes, the league would make, and I'm, I won't spend any time on that. Love it. Uh, that's really good stuff. Um, let's talk while we're kind of on the subject. I'd like to hear about the USL Division Three. I imagine you guys discussed it a little bit, um, and you know, reserve teams, MLS two teams, MLS B teams. Um, what is your feeling on that? Because that's another thing that US Soccer said they may, now that they've come down on NASL, that they may also come down on USL. That if if they don't meet the Division Two requirements, which I imagine St. Louis does by all uh, by all seeming. Uh, facts and, and looks. Um, but what about the teams that maybe wouldn't, um, if they were come down on pretty hard, would you kind of see them dropping down to third and maybe working their way up reserve teams? How do you feel about that too? I think the USL division three league creates a really good opportunity once it's up and running. And, and for the reasons you mentioned, I think that the teams that are in uh, USL and the Division Two version of it. Um, if if there are certain cities or franchises that just can't keep up or having issues and challenges that need to move down, uh, either for financial or, or market reasons, then now they've got a chance to do that. Right now, if you try to do that, you're basically giving up your franchise. So, I think I think there's a huge benefit in that. I think from a reserve team standpoint, and I think this is true of MLS and, and every soccer franchise in this country. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. We have a PDL team. Uh, it's gone okay. Um, I wouldn't say it's been a grand slam. So Jeremy's always looking for ways to either make that better or find different solutions, whatever that may be. Um, so I think from a player standpoint, it's probably a longer term um, opportunity. But from a franchise perspective and a business perspective, I think it could open up a lot of doors. Really good stuff. I appreciate you being so forthright with, with your thoughts and opinions. Um, anything else you want to finish up with on the, on the two topics? Uh, no, other than join us on Saturday at the game if, if you're in St. Louis, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll begin our playoff push and, and get going in the right direction. But no, I appreciate the interest and, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody soon. Thanks, Kim. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.